What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and Emma. But first, let's talk about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, starring Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers. Here's a quick synopsis. Cynical Esquire reporter Lloyd Vogel is asked to interview children's television host Fred Rogers. Believing he won't live up to his public persona, he soon realizes he does, and the two of them form a personal bond, and Mr. Rogers helps Lloyd confront his past as he learns to forgive his estranged father. There was a lot of hype surrounding this movie, and most of that hype is due to the fact that two-time Oscar winner, legendary actor Tom Hanks is portraying Fred Rogers, and at this later stage of his career, Tom Hanks seems to give the people what they want. He seems to know that as he ages, we want him to play famous, historical, beloved figures like Walt Disney, Sully, Ben Bradley, and now Fred Rogers, which I think is both a good thing and a bad thing, because he's great at playing these legendary larger-than-life figures, but it's bad because I like actors who take risk do things I've never seen them do before. Like, I've seen Tom Hanks play beloved figures time and time again. I think I would like to see him do things I've never seen him do. I think some of his best work is playing non-famous people, like in Catch Me If You Can or Road to Perdition. He's kind of playing these not-so-lovable characters in those movies. And while he did get an Oscar nomination for playing Mr. Rogers, I don't think I would put this in my personal list of the five best Tom Hanks. Hanks roles. It's weird because I think in this movie uh, with Fred Rogers, he's the one character that really doesn't grow as a character. Like, Tom Hanks is the constant as Fred Rogers. Every other character goes through something except Fred Rogers, which is weird because we all thought that this was a movie about Fred Rogers. I like Hanks best when he's playing a role like in A League of Their Own, where he plays this character that at first you kind of despise, but then you grow to really love by the end of that movie. Like, I love movies where his characters go through development. I feel like Fred Rogers in this movie is stable. He doesn't go through any character development. It'll be fascinating to see if Tom Hanks continues to play real historical beloved figures or will he take more chances. Like his next movie is in the movie Elvis where he will be playing Elvis's longtime manager alongside Austin Butler who will be playing Elvis Presley. I really want to see that movie and see what kind of character Tom Hanks plays in that one. If you look at that supporting actor Oscar last year, all the nominees basically did something different except for Tom Hanks. Like Brad Brad Pitt played a character the likes of which we've never seen him play. Joe Pesci in The Irishman played like a quiet character, like a character we've never seen him play before. I love Tom Hanks. I just want to see him play roles I've never seen him play before. I feel like he's played that kind of Fred Rogers character before. And oh, by the way, he was better in Saving Mr. Banks as Walt Disney than he is in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood as Fred Rogers. He should have got an Oscar nomination for playing Walt Disney in that movie and not for playing Fred Rogers in this one because he is better in Saving Mr. Banks than in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. This felt like a we haven't given Tom Hanks an Oscar nomination in almost 20 years, so here you go type of thing. I'll even go as far to say he doesn't even give the best performance in the movie. Yes, you come for Tom Hanks, but you stay for Matthew Reese, who is excellent in this movie. I mean, this guy is a borderline great actor who doesn't get enough attention for his work. He is 
excellent in his episode of Girls alongside Lena Dunham. I mean, that's an uncomfortable episode to watch of television I've ever seen, but he is phenomenal in that episode, so you should check that out. And he was also fantastic in The Post and The Report. Most people know him for his TV work in the show The Americans, but I think he's about to break out as a movie star. I mean, the last few movies he's made have been with big-time directors like Steven Spielberg and Marielle Heller. I think this guy is the breakout star of this movie. Chris Cooper is also in this movie, and I feel like he is one of the best living actors today, and he had quite a year in 2019. He was in this movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and he was also in Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Both films could not be more different. He's terrific in both, and both were directed by great female directors, Marielle Heller and Greta Gerwig. I also love Chris Cooper in Adaptation. He is unreal in that movie. That is the one guy I look at his Oscar win and go, wow, that guy really deserved it for that role. Him alongside Meryl Streep in that movie are fantastic. He's not a household name, but he's one of the best supporting actors I've ever seen. Also in this movie is Susan Kelchi Watson, who you might know from This Is Us, and you might be surprised to learn that this was her first film role. She is fantastic in the movie and has great chemistry with Matthew Reese. Now I need to talk about the director of this movie, Marielle Heller, who is coming off a huge success, and can you ever forgive me, the pressure was real to make a great movie about Mr. Rogers, a beloved figure coming off the documentary with Tom Hanks in the role. The hype for this movie was real and for the most part I think she did a fantastic job. She's a unique filmmaker who makes great unexpected films. She also gets great performances from actors. I mean Tom Hanks gets his first Oscar nomination in almost two decades and Richard E. Grant got an Oscar nom for his performance in Can You Ever Forgive Me? The structure of this movie is like an episode of Mr. Rogers which I think is brilliant because it uses the tool of nostalgia to move the plot of this movie forward. If you grew up watching Mr. Rogers as a kid, you will definitely enjoy this movie. And if you didn't, I think it will feel a little awkward at first, but then I think you'll get used to it. I also feel like this movie is strangely not for everyone. The critique is that it's not really a film about Fred Rogers. It's about some reporter, which I liked, but I feel will confuse some people. Like, if you're going into this movie to watch Tom Hanks for two hours, you are going to be greatly disappointed. But if you go into it with an open mind, I think you could see the impact that Fred Rogers can have on someone's life. Like, just his generosity as a human being can have on somebody who's a cynical reporter for Esquire. I think this film works way better than if it were a boring biopic about the life of Fred Rogers, because this is basically an outsider entering the world of Fred Rogers. A biopic where you learn about the life of Fred Rogers would have been boring, and we already know so much about him, but making a movie about a guy who juxtaposes him is brilliant. Like I think Fred Rogers uses his work to deal with his life, while Lloyd uses his work to hide from it. I think what I liked about this movie is that you went in expecting something and you got like the complete opposite of what you expected a movie about Fred Rogers would be. And also the scenes between Matthew Reese and Chris Cooper are phenomenal. Like there's a scene where they see each other for the first time in quite a while at his sister's wedding. It is just fantastic and you can feel the tension between them. 
Again, I love the fact that I went into this movie thinking that this was going to be Tom Hanks' movie to shine, and then Matthew Reese and Chris Cooper are equally delightful. Like, I think this is really more of a freehander than a one-hander of Tom Hanks dominating. Like, I think Matthew Reese and Chris Cooper are equally as good, if not better, at points in this movie. I think, for me, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood was better than I expected. Yes, you got a good Tom Hanks performance, but you also get fantastic performances from Reese and Cooper, I definitely recommend you check out A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Emma starring Anya Taylor-Joy. Here's a quick synopsis. Emma Woodhouse comes from a wealthy family and lives with her father and unlike most women of the time, she does not wish to marry but loves to play matchmaker. This is one of the best films of 2020 so far. You will go in expecting something and then getting something completely different. Anya Taylor-Joy is fantastic in this movie. She gives a performance as Emma unlike any of her other films. She's become well-known in horror films like The Witch and Split. And this is the first movie where she is the main lead and has to carry a movie. It's one of the best performances of the year so far. She's funny, naive, captivating. She's also brilliant in season five of Peaky Blinders. Like, check that out also. Anya Taylor-Joy is an actress on the rise. Her upcoming film roles includes the next Robert Eggers movie, the next Edgar Wright movie. Like, she is playing interesting roles, working with the best directors of our times. Like, this is somebody who's going to get an Oscar nomination soon. That's how good she is in movies. I'm also excited to finally see her work in the new Mutants movie movie like that X-Men film that has been like vanished for the last three years it's finally going to come out like I really think this is a superstar on the rise I mean there's also rumors that she might take over the role Furiosa from Charlie Theron in the prequel to the Mad Max film Fury Road I mean that would be fantastic She's really branching out from just being a star of horror films, and I think she's going to become a household name sooner rather than later. Know the name Anya Taylor-Joy, because I think she's going to be the next IT top movie star. You also have actor Johnny Flynn in this movie. He plays George Knightley. He is tremendous. He has fantastic scenes with Anya Taylor-Joy. They have tremendous chemistry in this film. And he's another actor on the rise. Like His next role is playing David Bowie in a biopic called Stardust along with Mark Maron like that is one of those movies that I need to see the minute it comes out I know basically nothing about David Bowie but this guy is so good in Emma that I need to see him play David Bowie in this movie you might know Johnny Flynn from the movie Clouds of Sils Maria he also played young Albert Einstein in the National Geographic show Genius then you have Mia Goth who like Anya Taylor-Joy is doing something in this film I've never seen seen her do before like she is a chameleon as an actress you might know her from movies like high life which is a weird sci-fi starring robert pattinson she's fantastic in that film i did a podcast on it so check that one out i loved her in this movie it was something different she was also in that horror movie suspiria alongside dakota johnson i mean her other work is way more serious and this she gets to play comedic you also have Bill Niley play Emma's father. I mean, this is a guy who usually plays the villain in movies. I've known him for playing the villain like my entire life. He was the villain of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise where he was Davy Jones. He was the bad guy in Jack and the Giant Slayer. Like, those are his voices. But he's also the villain in Pokemon Detective Pikachu. 
And in this, he gets to break against character type and play the loving father of Anya Taylor-Joy's Emma. Like, I don't think this movie Emma is groundbreaking. It's been done before with the 1996 version of Gwyneth Paltrow. It was basically done in Clueless. But what I do think is different is who are playing the characters. They are all doing something they have never done before. They are different roles for each of these actors. This might not be new groundbreaking material, but it's groundbreaking in that I want to see these people portray these kinds of characters. This film was directed by Autumn Day Wild, who's known for directing music videos, and she made absolutely the best looking film of 2020 so far. This film looks gorgeous. Another thing that really works for the story of Emma is just how relatable it is that a character like Emma would act like a know-it-all towards subjects that she's never really experienced, like love and playing matchmaker. Like, that's a very young person thing to be, is to be a know-it-all about subjects that you're not dealing with yourself, that you're almost afraid of. Like, she's somebody who is against marriage, not because she's really against it, but because she's afraid of it. And because her character is used to getting what she wants, when her matchmaking doesn't work out, she doesn't know how to deal with that in the moment. Also, the film is about social classes, like how Emma learns to be empathetic towards people less well-off than she is. Like, at first, she doesn't understand that there's a big difference between her and Mia Goth's character. Like, she doesn't understand that Mia Goth's character does not come from the same rich background as her, so she's trying to set her up with all these rich people that don't don't want anything to do with her because she's not rich. She can't see the reality in front of her because of her wealth. She doesn't see the difference between her and anyone, which sounds like a good thing, but there really is a difference. You are rich. You are empowered because of your money. Like, there is a big difference between Emma and the other characters. She is more privileged than they are, and she kind of understands that by the end of this movie. Now, there will be a lot of comparisons between the 1996 version and this one. I recently watched the 1996 version and I think it's really good. Like I think Gwyneth Paltrow is fantastic in it. I did a podcast on Gwyneth Paltrow so you should check that out. She's really good in this movie. I like this version better. I think Anya Taylor-Joy is better in the role as Emma and I think what that might have to do with is that Anya Taylor-Joy is at that point of the career where she's already an established actress. Like I think for Emma that was a big breakout role for Gwyneth Paltrow while for Anya Taylor-Joy. Yes, it's her first big leading role, but she's already kind of a well-known, established actress. Like, she's already been acting for quite a while now, since The Witch. Like, for Gwyneth Paltrow, she was a new household name. That was her breakout role playing Emma, or at least one of them early on. I think Anya plays the role more comedic, more snarky. I just like the tone of this film better than the tone of the 1996 movie. Like, I feel like this is more of a laugh-out-loud, funnier version of it. Also, you can't ignore the looks of both of those movies. I know one of them was from 1996, so it's not fair to compare, but the one from 2020 just looks so much better. I recommend both versions of Emma. I also recommend Clueless because this is just a timeless story. And that leads me to Jane Austen. It is so interesting that Jane Austen novels continue to be adapted. And I think the reason is because even though they are period pieces, they feel timeless. Prime and Prejudice, Emma, Sense and Sensibility. I think the one commonality is that her work really lets actresses shine. In Pride and Prejudice, you get a great Kira Knightley performance. In Emma, you get great performances from Anya Taylor-Joy, Gwyneth Paltrow, and even 
Alicia Silverstone and Clueless, also Kate Winslet and Sense and Sensibility. Kira Knightley got an Oscar nomination. Kate Winslet got an Oscar nomination. Jane Austen novels just let actresses shine when they are adapted into movies. They are great roles for women to portray on screen. Also, at this point, they've been adapted so much that it's interesting when new filmmakers have different takes on these, like Joe Wright with Pride and Prejudice, Ang Lee with Sense and Sensibility. And now Autumn Day Wild with Emma. These are fantastic filmmakers who each have a distinctive look to what a Jane Austen adaptation should look like. I mean, the look of Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice still holds up today, even though the film came out in like 2005. That film still looks fantastic. And the same thing for Emma. I mean, Autumn Day Wild made the absolute best looking film of 2020. And that was inspired by Jane Austen novels. Her novel will continue to be adapted and I hope filmmakers continue to put their take on what the film should look and feel like. They also feel like two different genres. I mean, Pride and Prejudice is more of like a period drama. Emma feels like a comedy. Clueless is like a comedy. Sense and Sensibility is more of a period drama. Like, there's not one genre that a Jane Austen adaptation falls into. Her work is not like Stephen King where it's all basically horror and he's all basically one genre. I also think the other thing that is timeless about her novels are this idea of female friendship and sisterhood. Like in Pride and Prejudice, that film has an insane amount of female characters and the camaraderie between the female characters is tremendous. The same thing with Emma between Mia Goss and Anya Taylor-Joy's friendship in the movie. This past decade and a half have been dominated by bro friendship movies like Super Bad, like every Seth Rogen movie made in the past 10 years. It's good to see movies about female friendships like Pride and Prejudice, which is about sisterhood, and like Emma, which is about two female friends. It's also interesting to know that Autumn Day Wild did not try to modernize the story like some other period dramas have tried to do in television recently, like Dickinson with Haley Steinfeld or The Great Without Fanning. Like they have these great actresses play these roles and they then they try to modernize it with like hip hop music or the dialogue with swearing. They do not try to do that in Emma. It is a pretty true adaptation of the original story and it still holds up today and that's mostly because of Anya Taylor-Joy's terrific performance as the lead character. She is compelling. She's been compelling for so long and she continues to be compelling. They don't need to spice it up to gain your interest. It is a compelling enough plot and it holds up on its own. They did not have to drastically change anything about the plot to make this movie entertaining. It is entertaining on its own. I also think it's one of those movies that you're going to look back and go, oh yeah, all of those people are stars now. Like I think you'll look back and you'll go, wow, Anya Taylor-Joy, that was the beginning of her becoming a true movie star. Johnny Flynn, wow, that guy, he kind of got his star to fame being in Emma. Mia Goth, like I think all of these actors in this movie, other than Bill Nighley, because he's already quite well known, will become more well-known stars. And you'll look back and go, wow, it really all started with Emma. And I love movies like that. And I also think you'll 
feel the same way about Autumn Day Wild. Like, I cannot wait for her to direct another movie because she did a fantastic job with her debut film. The last thing I'll say about Emma is I think it has everything you want in a movie. It has great performances. It has a great look. It has a great feel and tone. It has a good enough plot. It's simply put, one of the best films of 2020 so far. I definitely recommend you check out Emma. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week, I put the spotlight on the movies A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and Emma. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on actor Dane DeHaan and the HBO miniseries I Know This Much Is True starring Mark Ruffalo. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. 